Welcome to the Diva Racing Podcast. A podcast about the latest news from around the world. Each week, we deliver the best analysis of our industry news. This is the Diva Racing Podcast, and this is your host, Ryan Tong. Welcome, everyone, to the special edition of Diva Racing Podcast. We've got a fantastic guest on who's going to be coming on the line very shortly. That is Derek Thompson, the great broadcaster on Five Live, presenter on At The Races. And for many, many years, he was on Channel 4, being a great presenter on there and was with the likes of Graham Good, Jim McGrath, John Frankham, and worked together with a lot of great people in racing. And I do believe he is going to be a great addition to Diva Racing for this great podcast. We're going to be discussing his great past and hopefully a lot more to come in the future with, with what he's got. He's been a great commentator. He still is commentating and he does, has started the Morning Line Reborn recently. And it'd be great to get him on the line. And we got hello, hello. Hiya, Derek. Yes, how are you doing? Very good. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you on board. And what a great, great career you've had in racing. Well, thank you. Um, you you've been busy. Uh, yeah, I've been busy. I was at Chelmsford last night. Did nine races, so that was good. It's a it's a great race course, Chelmsford. I like it. Next door to Stansted. I was a bit cold though because I've been in Dubai for a couple of weeks and Bahrain. And it was a bit hotter there than it how, was here. <laughs> so, how, how, was, how was Bahrain? Bahrain was incredible. It's the first time I've ever been there. I went for the Bahrain Gold Trophy. And it was won by a jockey called Lee Newman. Now, you're too young to remember him being champion apprentice in about 20 odd years ago. Born in Scotland, then sort of went out of the game. Went up to 14 stone. Can you believe that wow. for a jockey? So he thought, well, I better not be riding tomorrow. <laughs> so he got the weight off. He worked his way back. He went to Australia, where he started riding winners. Had a very bad fall. Nearly finished his career. But worked his way back again. And rode the big winner. It was a £500,000 race. And a certain Frankie Dettori was second. And a Ryan Moore was third. So I think Lee had a good day. And uh, it was great to see him. You know, uh, uh, what a horseman he is. And it proves that hard work will pay off at the end. So how long has he been over there? Do you know? Yeah, he's been over there. He, he sort of, there's a lot of jockeys now You know, that they go around the world. I mean, they used to, you know, before we were restricted. And yeah, he's been in Australia. And, and I tell you who's there in Bahrain, Alan Smith, um. who was born here in the UK, 14 times champion trainer of Bahrain. And his son Martin trained in, uh, here in Newmarket. And what a nice guy. And I popped around his stable. He's got about 150 horses. Ah, I tell you, if anybody gets a chance to go to Bahrain, go. And the beauty of it is, it's on the air corridor. You don't have to isolate or anything like that. Dubai and Bahrain are both uh, straight in, straight out. So it's it, it, and it's a lovely time. Of, but, but don't buy a round of drinks. It can be rather expensive. Fabulous <laughs> prize money they put up as well, which is why you know quite a lot of the European trainers took their horses over there. Exactly, exactly. And in this day and age where you fly horses, you know, it's like you and I getting on a plane now. You know, it's almost the same. A little bit more expensive, yes. And talking about expensive, oh, in the hotel, Frankie Dettori bought me a Coca-Cola. It cost him a tenner. Oh, he wasn't he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure oh, it won't affect his balance. Week. Well, I don't think so. Oh, it's his birthday next week. So, um, But he's saving money because he can't have a party. But as I said, well, let's save you money. 
so that sort of made him smile a bit. <laughs> so you, you've got on with Frankie very well over the years. On over the years, I know you you know your good connections with Godolphin, etc. And just going back to the start of your whole career, we'll just go back to when you started as a twenty-two-year-old in the BBC, and and what what brought you and how you got that job in the first place. I was. Um, it was my dad commentating at the Cleveland Point of Points when I was fifteen. And halfway through the race, he said, Derek, take the microphone. I can't see him anymore. You take over. So I did. And, I mean, I've loved it. It's all down to him. And I've loved it ever since. I'm still the youngest ever commentator on the Grand National. 1973, the greatest race of all time, red rum, crisp. And uh, I was 22. And there was Peter Bromley, Michael Sensmith, Michael O'Hare, and me. And sadly, they're all commentating at the race course in the sky now. And I'm the only one left. But uh, never forget it. And what a what a race to start, Grand National! Wow, incredible. Well, nine Grand Nationals now you've you've commentated on, isn't it? Yeah. And would you believe the most annoying part? I got the job with ITV, so I didn't do Bob Champion's Grand National. And typical, the one you know, my best mate. Yes. <laughs> and I wasn't there. I was presenting uh, the ITV Seven stops and races that day. So I went, I came off there, went to watch the race with uh, my mum, and, and Champ won. And, and, and didn't it was he incredible. ring you after? Didn't he ring you 15 minutes after saying, did you watch it? Egg, this is incredible. This, this is a true story. 15 minutes after riding the winner of the Grand National, before mobile phone, the phone went at mum's house in New Middlesbrough, where we were watching it, and it was Champ. And I said, Champ, you've just won the Grand National, what are you doing phoning? He says, yeah, I, he said, I watched you today. He says, if you want to get a career in TV, you've got to improve. Now, I've got to go see you. <laughs> it was about me, not him winning the national. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> so, you you know, you fought a, a role in the in the negotiation team for the release of Shergar, didn't you? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago, but I can still remember just about every, yes. everything that happened. It was, it was Lord Oaksey. And I, and a guy called Peter Kempling from The Sun, he was the, the pool's tips to the pool king. And the three of us were asked to go to Northern Ireland to negotiate for the release of Sugar. We didn't know whether it was real, not real. We knew that, of course, we kidnapped, obviously, which was terrible. And um, cut a long story short, we were told to go to the Europa Hotel, which the claim to fame of that was it was the most bombed hotel in Europe at the time. I'm laughing, but it wasn't very funny. And when I walked in, uh, the voice on the uh, in the hotel said, "Would Mr. Thompson please pick up the hotel phone?" You know, they used to have the hotel phones in yes. those days. Picked it up, a voice said, "This is what I want you to do." And I'll never forget the voice; it wasn't very nice. And we had to drive to a farmhouse thirty miles outside of Belfast. He said, "Get rid of all the press." Well, there was about fifty cameras pointing at me at the time. So, and we're all dealing with the police, obviously. So, went up to the room. And we ran through the kitchen uh, into the car and, and drove. And to cut a long story short, we got uh, lost, or we thought we did. And this is in the height of the trouble. And we were down to, we were going up a hill, and there was one lane. And five guys with machine guns and balaclavas jump out in front of us. And I looked at Oaks in the back seat, and I was sitting in the front. I thought, oh, wow, what's this? And one of them came around to my side, and all I could see were his eyes and his mouth and this machine gun, and he motioned to wind the window down, and he said, are you Derek Thompson? Wow. I said, yes. And I was, I was, you know, I was expecting him just to spray the car with bullets. And he says, we're the police. 
I said, oh, thanks for that. I said, and they were the, the, the secret place that surrounded this farmhouse. It was a farmhouse of Adrian Maxwell. Okay. Who's done David is now, of course, the champion of the job. And cut on through a show, we had, I think, about 10 phone calls. And it went on and on. And at half past midnight, I kept him on for a minute and 37 seconds. And I said to the policeman with the headphones sitting next to me, I said, did we trace the call? Because if you kept him on for one and a half minutes, you could trace the call. He says, uh, no, Mr. Thompson, the man who traces the call went off shift at midnight. Uh, but there was no happy ending, sadly. <laughs> it, 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 it's a sad one. The, the, there was a phone call at 10 past 7, which said the horse has had an accident, he's dead. And the phone went dead, and that's the last we've ever had. That's strange. Very yes. sad. Blimey, me, yeah. hell of a story. You've I, just going to the Channel Four years. You know, you started there mid mid nineteen eighties, was it? You know, with the yeah. great John McCrick and John Frankham. And what was your time there like? And was it, you know, was it a big shot when they let you go when Claire Balding came on board? Yeah, a bit. But you know, things when one stable door closes, another stable door. I'm a great believer in that. You have to be, otherwise, you you know, you get upset. You know, it's like being dropped from the first team. You know, the footballers don't like it, but it moves you the impetus to get back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was oh, it was great. I still remember, but this is going back a long time. We were at York Races one day. We all had a production meeting at 10 o'clock. Crew presenters. And Andrew Franklin, uh, and he said, can I just a chance? I want to do a Saturday morning show at 9 o'clock. He says, it's going to run for the summer, five weeks. 25-minute show. What should we call it? And Big Mac said, morning line. Because the morning line in America, that's the morning line. And everyone said, that's a good idea. We'll do it. Well, 30 years later. (laughs) (laughs) It's a true story. And I still miss Big Mac. His clothes were on display, by the way, at the National Horse Racing Museum in Newmarket. If you ever come, it, it's worth it. And the cafe in the, is very good alongside. Do come, and he, all his clothes were there. And do you remember, he was a Newcastle United fan. Yes. And he he always slept. I stayed with him a few times around the booth. In a Newcastle United black and white striped shirt. Not a pretty sight. Not a pretty sight. But his clothes, which are always in are still there on display. Oh, he used to have a great combination with Tanya Stevenson. and, and- <laughs> Didn't he? Oh, it was wonderful. And he called her the, the female, and people were getting upset. But yes. the reason he called her the female is because she did the emails. And of course, she was a, a female, and that's why he called her <laughs> the female. And I tell you the truth, I was the first person to get tenure on because as a kid, her dad was a starting price reporter. Okay. And so she always used to come racing. And I used to have you know, two pounds on whether my horse will beat your horse. And I always ended up paying her, you know, a lot of money at the end of the day. She was only a young girl, 10, 11 years old. And so I've known her a long time. And she used to sit behind Big Mac and hand him emails, but she was never in shot. So I said, guys, let's, and this was live on the morning line, come on, let's get Tanya on for a change. Tans, come on, move forward. And that's how she got on, and that's how it started. Wow. And, and there's always great controversy about Big Mac calling his wife, the booby, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny's lovely. And uh, I think she loved it as well. I know. I mean, he was, he, he was, he was brilliant. He did more for racing. And, uh, you know, what anybody says, you know, doing the, the top of the head, the double carpet, the Burlington Bertie, 130. 64, 64 the field. Ex- exactly. <laughs> 
And people used to come and stand behind and wave, and they said, stop, you stupid fool. And of course, he would then <laughs> wave. But he was, he, and i tell you the true story. I, used to, I would sit next to him in the press room for, what, 30 years. And he was the most professional man I've ever worked with in television. Wow. And I've worked with quite a few professionals. He used to do two of everything. He did his homework, two race cards. And I said, why do you do two race cards? He said, well, if I, in case I lose one. I still got one with my homework. Really? And, and he wore two watches, one on his left wrist, watch on, one on his right. I said, why do you have two watches? He said, well, in case one stops. And he looked at me with that look. He said, don't you understand? <laughs> so, <laughs> incredible. I, I, met him, I met him once. I was very lucky. Uh, Mike Catamol got me to at the races on the Sunday forum behind the scenes. And um, I met him, met him behind the scenes then, Big Mac and, and Jenny. And what, just what a great, great couple they were and she always you looked after him very well didn't she <laughs> she got shouted at all the time but she was so lovely and we still keep in touch oh, and goodness. you know so we made that she she used to be the janitor in the university they used to live in flats in north london yeah and she used to be the janitor there and it was it was a great couple and big mac never forget so staying on the morning line, you're doing actually, you've done a few recently, the morning line reborn. Yeah, I brought it back. I thought, you know, I was getting a bit sort of bogged down with this COVID stuff and no racing at all. So Bob Champion and I, we, we go walking just about every day. And we get the idea, why not bring it back? So, uh, yes, I'm doing it. it, it it's good. So we're doing one tomorrow morning, 8.30. Uh, it, it's basically Saturday morning. And basically during the summer, I've done it from Newmarket. Because, of course, all the horses are here. And we stand on the gallops. And I thought to myself, why do we do the programs on TV from a studio? Why don't we do them from Newmarket on the gallops in the morning? Because if you get bored with what I'm talking about, which is quite understandable, you can look at the horses behind. Yes. And it seems to work. So tomorrow, it's on Facebook. Uh, tune in. Derek Tomo Racing will be on about 8, 8.30. So, uh, and we get viewers all over the world. It's incredible, incredible. And, and and I watched the Mick Easterby one. That was fantastic. Oh, he is brilliant. He is brilliant. We've got 28,000 views of that. And Mick, uh, <laughs> we call him Spitting Mick because once did an interview with him and halfway through, he, he, <laughs> he's that sort. But he's incredible. I, I, he took, there was a, his phone rang and he took the phone and he started talking to the person <laughs> at the other end. And I said, Mick, we're live on TV at the moment. Said, yeah, yeah. Just hang on. He wants to buy yours, this fella. Hello. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. I have a great time for all these to be family. And they do a lot for charity as well, Mick. So uh, well done. Yeah, he's a good man. Too. And Mick used to be. Uh, you know, log on. It's, it's good. So, you know, you're renowned going on to your commentary and your, your great commentary over the years. You're renowned to be doing a lot of photo, you know. Can we, can, can we hear one? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got one? <laughs> yes. Let, let, give us, give us, uh, give us two seconds. I've got you. I've oh, got one on here now. He's got the wrong course. He's, got the wrong course. He's jumped a fence. Oh my goodness me! And it's a photo. Whoa! It's a photo. Post photo. Got to be good to get up on the fence. Close. Oh, that is another photo. <laughs> that is, is fantastic. Where is? I couldn't hear it. Did it come out? Yes, it's it's brilliant. Photo, photo. Um, the one, the one at Fakenham. The one at Fakenham when 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 he jumped. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, the wrong way. That was incredible. It was poor um, Brendan Powell Jr. and oh, I felt for him. 
And it's easily done, you know, because you go about 27 times or so. And yeah, you jump the last fence. And then it was a photo. It's a photo. So, <laughs> and I get people in the street now, they walk past. It's a photo. So, fantastic. You know, you, you when Greg James and, and, and that controversy and, the, and this great story there came about, you know, when you did the Channel 4, you know, of the, for the Ground Hotel and that, and that just hit off, didn't it? It was, isn't, it, isn't that utterly ridiculous? We did that about 10 years ago, a promotion for a small hotel. So, you know, I walked in to the bar where the, the ladies were having champagne. They were part of the, the film crew. And I just walked in and lifted a glass of champagne and said, are you well? I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's a stupid line. We would never use it, would we? Well, actually, and, wait there. I've got it here now, and we're going to listen to 30 seconds of your advertising at the Crown Hotel in Bawtree. I'm listening. If you're racing at Doncaster, this is the place to stay. It's the Crown Hotel at Bawtree. Come inside. And this is the bar. This is definitely the place to be. Are you well? I thought you were. I'm going to have a glass of champagne. Give me one of those. Look at this. Well, this is fantastic. Let's just hear that again. I thought, are you well? I thought you were. It's just... Are you well? I thought you were. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. And I don't know why. I haven't written it down or anything like that. It's it, totally ridiculous. So about a year ago, my daughter from India rang me and said, Dad, you're on Radio 1. I said, what? She said, yeah, get the car radio on. It's about quarter past seven in the morning. And there it was. <laughs> Are you well? I thought you were. And he's put it to music. Wasn't it Medusa or somebody? Who, and I think we reached number one yes. in the hit parade. I, I don't know if it's called the hit parade anymore. But. Uh, 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 and, then, and then he did a remix with, um, I think, Sagala and, and Wish You Well. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it silly? And I was in, when I was in uh, Dubai last week, I was just doing a bit of filming, and um, Ty Gaucher and Richard Mullen, the two champs, were in the background. I just happened to say, oh, look, there's Ty Gaucher and Richard Mullen over there. They both said in unison, are you well? I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> and you met Greg as well, didn't you? Yeah, we did a few things together. We were on stage at Cheltenham. We got me dancing, and uh, it was great. Then we went up north, did the great sheep race at Middlesbrough. Okay. Nobody's ever done it great sheep race before and it was good it was the the sort of the, the one with a lot of wool you know and the betting by the way it was pretty close it was six to four inch of two and five to one bar two <laughs> <laughs> sorry fantastic and and and, and just going on to i, I think I, I i can remember when you interviewed josephine gordon i think matt chapman was was on about it one day oh, that was that. Yeah, I, Josephine came in, I wrote a winner at Chelmsford, and I said, well done. And um, I said, uh, I bet your mum was watching. And she said something like, you know, if I, no, and I said, I, if I know your mum, she, 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 what did I say? She'll be, she won't be asleep yet. Well, and well, the, the reason, yeah, what was it? Well, let's, we've got it here now. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> was your mum watching from Devon tonight, as always? She'd be in bed. <laughs> If I know your mum, she certainly won't. So Josephine Gordon does it. Let's check out the one. You thought she'd be in bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason, honestly, it's totally innocent. Is that about three weeks earlier, 
I was in Sweden with Josephine and her mum. It was the World Lady Jockeys Championship, okay. which, which I started, and uh, hopefully we'll resume, you know, next year. And she was one of the, the lady riders, and she was representing Great Britain. And her mum came with her, which was great. And, you know, it was lovely to see it. And, and I always remember, they were saying, can we have a quiet room because we're sleeping together? Can we have a quiet room because <laughs> we like to get to bed early? And that was the reason. <laughs> it was one of those, but uh, oh, it was good. So, it's, it uh, it yeah. doesn't help. Matt Chapman, he, he's the man that just mixes it around a bit. And that's why he, when he was hosting that day in, 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 in the studio, I think he made yeah. it sound a lot worse than what it was. <laughs> I think exactly the way he just stared at the camera. Actually, that was very good television because he didn't say anything for 30 seconds. And from many people's point of view, that would be great. Matt, not saying anything for 30 seconds. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) So let's go on to your, um, just quickly, you know, we've got a couple of questions and and I just want to hear what's your most memorable race you commentated on. I know you've mentioned the Grand National, but is there any other race that you've got a good memory? Uh, uh, It was about 10 years ago. There was a horse at uh, Newmarket, won a race, and he went on to remain unbeaten for the rest of his career. And I was watching it just the, the other day and it was just, just wonderful. But, it, it's not so much that. It's you know, it, it's lovely to be able to call them home at Ascot and the Derby and the Grand National. But it doesn't matter where you are. A five to one winner at Sedgefield is as good as a five to one winner at Royal Ascot. And people always ask me, "What's your what's your favourite meeting?" And I would say, "The next one, because the next one is the most important." Like tomorrow, I'm commentating at Wolverhampton. I know there's Cheltenham on during the day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But for me, that's going to be the most important meeting of the day. But it's it's good. It's and I wish I'd been there for Bob riding the Grand National winner. That would have been that would have been incredible. So you know, but it, I, I'm still going strong. I'm I'm still doing it incredibly. So and I'm what's more, I still love it. Did still I love did it I did I read day. that you're up at half five every morning still? Yeah, it's half five every morning. I read the Racing Post online because I like to try and get ahead. It was great in Dubai. I stayed at the Maidan Hotel, which overlooks every room overlooks the race course, and they put the floodlights on at four thirty. The horses come onto the track at five, and it was great. I was on my balcony at five every morning. Then at six, I go down to the track, walk the track twice, and talk to the lads and have a bit of banter and a bit of fun. And um, yeah, I I do. It, and you know, you're getting up early is the best part of the day, and especially on a warm summer's day here at Newmarket. You know, seven o'clock in the morning, come and see Enable and John Goldston's drink. You know, it's it's worth getting up early. Do you travel over to Dubai quite a lot through the year? It depends. Yes, yeah. sometimes I go for a day, literally fly in and do the best to fly out. At, uh, I do I do Jabal Ali Racecourse, which is Sheikh Ahmed's Racecourse. Yes. They're racing there today, but of course nobody's there. That's that's the, the the problem. They're hoping to get people back, hopefully in the new year. Maidan holds 100,000, as you know. So they're talking about 20% of that, which could be good. So fingers crossed. I was quite proud of Dubai when I went there last, uh, two, for the last two weeks. People are generally getting to work and all that. If you don't wear your mask anywhere, you get told off straight away. and fine. Yes. So it's very strict. But the work is going on. People, you know, there's restaurants, obviously, social distancing. But they seem to be getting getting it together. And 
and, and with it straight through, you don't need to isolate anymore. It's a, it's a perfect spot for a holiday as well. And the weather's good, and, and they're doing deals on the hotels. Thank goodness. So, you know, you and you and Bob, you know, you both walked one thousand miles during the lockdown at Newmarket. You know, mm. what a what a great contribution. And you and Bob, you, you're still doing great things together. And is there any more walking to be done? <laughs> we were going to do Mount Everest. <laughs> Not that one. There's a place we, when we grew up, we both grew up just south of Middlesbrough. And uh, his dad was the huntsman, old Bob. And so there was young Bob, my brother Howard and myself, and we would follow him. That's where we learned to ride. And uh, there's, a, there's a place up there called Rosebury Topping. And there's a plaque at the bottom. It says, if you walk up and down this 26 times, you'll have done Mount Everest. <laughs> we were thinking of, of doing that. But as I said to him, he's not getting any younger. So, uh, you know, of course I could do it because I'm a lot younger. <laughs> but he's two years older than me. But it was, it was great. The reason I like it up there, we still go up there quite a lot and walk on the, the Cleveland Hills, is that Captain Cook came yes. from there. Okay. And he actually, apparently, it gave him the inspiration when he walked at the top of Rosemary Topping to think he could see Whitby. He could see the ships. Ah. And it gave him the inspiration to go and discover half the world. And incredible man, Captain Cook. So, I mean, it's a long, long time ago. And that's where the Sydney Harbour Bridge is built of steel made from, which came from Middlesbrough. Oh, <laughs> Would you believe? Me. Yes. True story. So, <laughs> Wish we had a good football team. <laughs> and so any, advice, any advice for young people wanting to get into media, into racing, Derek? Well, yes, you know, I, I, I have people write to me and, and come in the comedy box and, you know, with, with pleasure. What I, what I do and I, what I did, when you're watching the TV racing, turn the sound down, do the commentary, all right, and record it and have a listen back and see if it was any good. Try and improve upon that. So you can sit in your house and learn from that. Also, another way that um, try and present if you want to be a presenter Bill McCarron told me this. You remember the great old rugby commentator? When he was doing a speech, he would stand, say, in his hotel bedroom or his bedroom at home and stand in front of a full-length mirror in his Y-fronts and socks. So he didn't have a suit on, a nice tie. He was basic. And he would talk through the speech looking at himself in the mirror. And if he could impress himself with just, Wide front and socks on, not a pretty sight. <laughs> then that's how he did it. So try and, and do that. Now you have mobile phones where you can record it. You can look at it and say, mm, that's all right, that's not so good. And little things like that. And when you're reading a text, say you're sort of reading the news, you know when you put a full stop at the end of a, a sentence? Yeah. When you're reading it, and you're reading it, say, for radio or television or whatever, don't do a full stop because that's not very easy to see. Put two straight lines through it. So that means you take a breath there. So you can gauge when you're coming out of you using your the end of your breath and then you can start again. So you can see entirely. So it, it's a way of this, but always do your homework. It's as simple as that. I wish I'd done it at school. I do more homework now for racing than I ever did at school. But it's so so competitive, isn't it? You know, for the younger generation and for the older generation. You know, you, you do you have your certain slots every month for commentating? Yeah. So yeah. Wolverhampton to Fakenham to you know you could be yeah. anywhere. Could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah. 
But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Glorious Goodwood, Royal Ascot, yes. Aintree, Cheltenham, it doesn't matter. Sedgefield, Fakenham. It's, it's good, as long as you're commentating. And I'm still lucky. I, I still enjoy it. I still call them right sometimes. <laughs> well, most of the time. And I tell you what I do when on the flat race. I, I draw my colors out. Okay. I've done it since I was a young kid. So I draw my colors out in draw order. So if there's 16 runners in a race, and it's a left-handed track, number one is on the right, and I put the draw, I'll, I've got all my crayons, and I'll do the colors, put the horse, his name, and the jockey, and if he has blinkers, if he has sheepskin, if he has uh, cheek pieces, whatever. So just it's just a way of, of helping you. So presenting as well, you know, in the studio... I know the practice is brilliant and, and actually doing it, it's like race riding. Nothing beats race riding in, in experience. But presenting, you know, what, what could you do for that? It's difficult. You've either, you've either got it or you haven't got it. And it's very difficult. When I sort of teach people, I mean, Ryan Moore, a couple of years ago, rang me. He said, Tom, will you come around? And he said, come on, talk me through all these interviews. How, how should I improve and all that? So I can't tell you what happened. But basically, the thing is, it's just like like you and I now, we're talking. So it's just like you and I going into a coffee shop. So we've had a couple of cappuccinos and we're just, you know. So when you're talking to me and interviewing me, that's how I'm thinking you and I just having a coffee in the coffee shop in the high street. Now, presenting is entirely different. You've got to look good. I always like to wear a tie because I think a tie is important. I notice now on Sky that they don't use ties anymore, which I, I think mm. is amazing. So it's just a question of looking smart, looking at the camera, be positive all the time, and just have little notes. Because sometimes your brain goes a bit foggy. The producer starts talking to you about something which might put you off. So always have a little note, not the script, because it's not easy to follow a script when you look at a camera. Just have little notes about this horse in the 2.30, that one in the 3.05, that jockey in the 4 o'clock. So if you do miss out or, or whatever, you, you've always got something to talk about. And and don't worry about the director talking to you. It, it, it's great stuff. I always remember I was presenting at Doncaster one day on the director, and I was live on Channel 4, and the director was going, Tomo, you want to see this gorgeous bird? She's standing right behind <laughs> you. This is about 25, 30 years ago. You've got to look around now. And of course, I didn't be the true professional. <laughs> but I'll never forget him doing that. I'd kill him after the show. <laughs> it's a stain. You know, you, you've got to literally be ready for any any anything that comes along. You know, Rishi Prasad, when AP McCoy said, you know, did that great yeah. moment of when he when he said he's going to retire. And, and just going on to when you were at Hereford 13 years ago and when you said it oh, went no. live on the Graham, Graham Norton show with Robert Cooper. <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's a man accident. Yeah, all right. It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> I simply assumed it was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Good job I didn't get it the other way around. That would have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, going on to your nickname, how come you, you, you're called Tomo? Just, you know, who nicknamed you that? It's a very good question. Um, my old schoolmates call me Josh because okay. I, I always sort of like Josh. I was outside the betting shop when I was about 13, you know, guys, would you put, uh, you know, whatever on there for this? They would. So, uh, that's, uh, but Tomo, well, it's, it's Tomo. It's as simple Tomo. as that. You know, Derek Thompson. And would you believe they called my son, who's also called Tom, Thompson, uh, Tomo at school as well. And uh, I used to call him Little Tomo. 
but he's bigger than me now, so <laughs> he's big Tomo. <laughs> there's only one Tomo around here. Yeah, there's only one Tomo. Well, it's absolutely brilliant to to hear from you, Derek, and it's and it's fantastic that you've come on board. And best of luck with your your morning reborn tomorrow. And it'd be great to great to see you soon on the track. And and good luck with your commentating at Wolverhampton tomorrow. Well, well done. Listen, when you're next in town, come on, you can come on the show. You can come on my show, and I'll interview you. Oh, that'd be fantastic, Derek. Is that a deal? Yes, that's a deal. And are you well? I thought you were. And by the way, just to say, you won't get paid for appearances like this one. You don't get paid for appearances. You won't get paid either. (laughs) Brilliant. See you, big fella. Cheers, Derek. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, fantastic to have Derek on board. You know, what a what a great man and what a great career he's had in racing and out of racing, and he's still going well. And um, don't forget to tune in tomorrow on his morning line, Reborn. It's Derek Thompson's Facebook page. It will be live on there, and he's got many viewers every week with the Derek Thompson Morning Line Reborn show. But we will end it now, and um, it's great to have you on board. And Richard Pittman will be joining us next Thursday on the Diva Racing Podcast. But thanks very much, guys, and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to the Diva Racing Podcast. A podcast about the latest news around the world. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show, and we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. Make sure to visit the website at www.divaracing.com. Till next time, this is the Diva Racing Podcast, signing off. Diva Racing.